You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado. Aaron Love. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the team room. I am Aaron, and we have a special one for you today. We are coming live from the PJ Schoolhouse. It's not going to be live when you hear it, but it doesn't really matter. And we've got one of our best friends in the whole world, Joey. He's going to tell you all about himself here in a minute. Maybe a special surprise coming later, too. Best plaque in the world. What's up? First of all, who ya? 0804. It's my plaque. It's no big deal. I'll get a good picture of it for you. I just want to start off by best saying in the thanks. world. I don't know about that. Hey, hey, would you take it easy? <laughs> take it easy. So uh, I just, <laughs> I just want to say thanks to everybody that likes, that follows, that comments, that that engages. Man, we really appreciate you. Go over to the YouTube and check this out again. You're going to see a ton of stories that are coming out. There's a ton of history inside of this building, and I made sure to get a lot of that content. So go on over to the YouTube. Make sure you're checking it out. Like, subscribe, hit the five star review, and leave us a rating on Apple wherever it is that you get your podcast, it actually does help for us to get the word out there to get the best possible candidate. Also want to give a quick shout out to Alpha Brew Coffee. They're one of our partners, our longest standing partners. I love it. I drink it every stinking morning. If you want to go over there and check out some of the new merch, they've got a hyper color tee that actually changes color when you work out like back in the 80s. It's it's dope. Um, not as good as some of the shirts out there I've seen. I've seen some uh, some pretty good shirts out there, but uh, hyper color is, is awesome. It is definitely in the running for the, for the baddest shirt out on the market. So go out, check out Alpha Brew Coffee and get that new First Blood brew. Uh, they just released it. It's awesome. It's fantastic. So with that out of the way, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, jeez. Joseph, <laughs> J- a.k.a. Gorgeous Barajas in the building. Came over here stop. to talk to us. <laughs> oh, you stop. <laughs> you stop. Okay, so you st- Okay, yeah. <laughs> he came over here to talk to us. He was nice enough. We linked up here. Uh, you know, when we're in Albuquerque, we were both home. This is a center of gravity for everybody. So I just want to say thanks for, for taking the time. He's got an amazing story, so I'm not going to over-talk it. Just start off with telling us, you know, about yourself. Sure, no problem. Uh, hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, my name's Joey Barajas, uh, PJ. Uh, I work at the 308th currently. Um, uh, joined in 2012, uh, active duty, did my six, and then transitioned to reserve down to Patrick over in uh, about two years ago. Uh, I was at Cannon before that. Uh, I've got uh, African Iraq deployments under my belt, so it's nothing too crazy, but, but pretty fun. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty simple there. Yeah. But thanks for having solid, me. Solid, solid. So, yeah, we were mentioning, you know, graduated in 2015, so a little bit younger kind of guy in the career field. And um, you're kind of like in the middle ground where you've been seeing a lot of the transition. And, you know, you went through NDOC, obviously, before all the ANS stuff came about and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, what are some of the things that you've seen when you showed up to to now and ANS and all that kind of stuff? How do you feel about that and other transitions that you've seen within the career field? Um, Definitely from what I've heard. I, I'm happy I went through NDOC first. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it just sounds like uh, ANS is a lot more um, controlled by, I mean, external sources. I mean, they're trying to keep everybody healthy and, and happy, but at the same time, trying to keep it as, as difficult as they possibly can. Um, that's that's one of the biggest things. Uh, uh, seen around here, I mean, like the, the, uh, the respect towards instructors is generally the same. Um, they seem a little more chill, so we got to knock that out of them as uh, <laughs> as this happens. It's but, always uh, that fami- it's that line of familiarity. Yeah. you know, it's like you know how how close is like having a good relationship with the students, mm-hmm. and then when is it like too buddy buddy? Yeah, you know? 
yeah, so true. Like, they try to, there's a fine line there, and I, I just, I mean, I guess I hope it doesn't get crossed, and that discipline still remains a staple as, uh, as you kind of progress through your career. Um, right. And, that, uh, yeah, it's definitely difficult to toe that line as, like, you're going to see that person on the outside, obviously, in a little bit because they're at the apprentice course right now, so they're going to be showing up at your unit. You probably know some dudes that are going through it now that are immediately going to your unit so trying to find that fine line of like you don't want to be a total asshole to anybody you know or anything like that but you got to also hold the standard and keep people accountable for what's going on around there especially yeah um, um so tell real quick i mean uh, yeah i just we just graduated the last class last week uh 2003 um and i got to be the uh the pjtl of sorts um running on the ground missions for the last two weeks, about 24 missions. And they, they, they absolutely crushed it. Um, and, uh, tries one of my dudes who, uh, I got to see him graduate. I think I was the only one that was here that was actually at a, you know, a home unit that I got to see one guy coming home to us. So it was really cool to see, um, and see him graduate. Uh, it just kind of sucks. The COVID thing is keeping all the family members and other, other units from, from coming here and gathering, but it is what it is. Um, Man, I have one more note, but I already forgot it because my my memo in your brain. <laughs> yeah. Was there still a brawl for Charlie? Did he show up? How'd that go? With oh COVID? no, we didn't see Charlie. It was a it was a come what? get your award, <laughs> shake the hand, do the salutes. He's uh, very elusive. He's an elusive young yeah, man. That Charles didn't see him. Didn't see him. But these dudes did a really <laughs> yeah. cool fundraiser actually with uh, their shirts. Um, actually, they they put Charlie on the back of the shirt. It was really cool. That it supported the graduation and supported uh, the PJ Foundation too. So it's really cool to see um, a good portion of that go and help some dudes before us. So that was that was pretty sweet. But no, Charlie yeah, co- sucks. <laughs> yeah, COVID don't affect Charlie anyways. He's mean yeah. to all that stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So t- talk to me about uh, you know going to the pipeline and all that kind of stuff. What kind of things did you do to prepare and what were you expecting? Did that match what uh, you were actually expecting when you finally got there? Sure. Um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> Physically, I mean, I you know, like everybody else, you trained your balls off and you do everything you can to get in as good shape as possible. Um, but su- surprisingly to me, rucking was my my weak suit. I was finding the water, what? With that, really? yeah, everything. But like rucking, I'm like, dude, my my hips, my spine just can't take. This. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I was you know, I was 20 at the time. I mean, like okay. it was surprisingly tougher, but uh, I got through it. <laughs> um, but that that was the big uh, obstacle for me, surprisingly. Um, I was really strong in the pools on swim team, you know, track soccer, you know, getting ready. And then I was, I was lifting on the side. So, um, the, the surprising thing to me was that, was that rock. <laughs> um, but, um, I'm mentally sure it was like, you know, either do this or go security forces. So, um, I, that wasn't in my, uh, <laughs> that wasn't in my, you know, future. So, um, definitely made it, yeah. made it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of pound that into everyone's brain whenever uh, we were walking by the guard shack or whatever. Like, <laughs> see those dudes? Yeah. That no, could be you. No offense, boys. Like, hey, security force guys, we love you. You guys do good work. It's just <laughs> not for me. It's not for us. Yeah, I got a good exactly. save. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, just kind of walk me through some of the other stuff um, as far as going through NDOC and everything. Did you ever think about quitting? What was the hardest part? Uh, All that kind of stuff. Like I said, the rucking, man. I don't know why I don't like walking long distances. <laughs> it's my it's my Achilles heel. It's my bugaboo. Yeah, it's my bugaboo. Bear traps. Uh, and nothing rucking. in the pool, though? No, no the, like, 10-ups? No anything I, I, like that? Really even got you? I thoroughly enjoyed the 10-ups. I don't know why. It was just super fun. <laughs> um, I did have a, uh, a Black Thursday. Uh, I'm sure you guys have talked about it once or twice before. Oh, yeah. um, 
where I had to do it by myself, which was the worst because I got, I got like some sort of nasal thing. And then, uh, oh, you got sick and you yeah. paid the penalty for it. That yeah, I paid the penalty. You. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this by myself, <laughs> but you know, here we go. So, um, went in, did my Black Thursday like two days after everybody else, it was like a Friday or maybe the Monday after. And, uh, the two guys that, um, also came back on status, they, uh, they quit within the first underwater. And I was like, guys, what? you're my rock. You're my rock. You leave me. So one of them stood up in the pool and I grabbed his ankles. I should have pulled him back down. I was like, you're, you're, you're coming with me, but he, he was done. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was actually really cool coming out of that alive and, uh, had the whole team like, you know, do their glorious victorious is, it was really sweet. Uh, really sweet gesture, <laughs> but it made me feel really good. Cause you know, I, you know, you don't, you hate doing things by yourself and here you are like on the spot getting sharked yeah. by every instructor, Mr. Dick and Assassin's Creed to me as he uh, jumps in the pool and just <laughs> like, what, the, what the hell's going on. So, um, yeah, that was by far the hardest part for me, I think, uh, aside from the rucking, but yeah, you know. Yeah, that was definitely, you know, I kind of felt sorry a little bit for guys when they were, you know, making up stuff. Not when they no, you did were not. making it up because they didn't <laughs> no, do it. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah, obviously I'm going to make it harder for them, especially if they were the guys that were sniveling on the side of the pool and they're just mm-hmm. like, you know, they didn't want to go every time I told them to go and I was in their face a million times and they didn't go. I don't feel sorry for those guys. The good, <laughs> solid dudes when I'm like, hey, man, you got to do it. Let's go. Yeah. Like me and you going to the pool, buddy breathing. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Um, Suck it up. You know, and I like the guy, obviously, based off character and stuff. Sure. Um, so, you know, once you, I remember for me personally, when I got through um, ETD, that kind of felt like my graduation anyway, um, because I can remember, remember all the instructors saying like, hey, after you finish this, you know, we're going to treat you like gentlemen, all that kind of stuff. This is the hardest part, blah, 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 blah. And after I finished ETD, I was just like, man, I feel amazing, even though I was beat down and like, you know, everything was sore on my body. What did it feel like for you when you either graduated ETD, put on the ASCOT or graduated from INDOC? I mean, the, the ASCOT thing felt awesome. I mean, yeah. as it does every single time anybody makes it through, you feel, you know, you're just a step above, you know, and you're one step closer to finishing. Um, I think we were three weeks out from finishing and uh, ETD came along and that was that was crazy. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever stayed up. <laughs> and for uh, for those of you that aren't that aren't aren't tracking it right, so the ascot there's a blue piece of fabric that's an ascot that you get to wear underneath your uniform, and that signifies to everybody that you are a team that has passed that kind of that ETD that that uh, extended training day or that week of training that we go through, and it's a big deal. It doesn't sound like it's a big deal, but you start looking at the other team, and immediately you're just like. You don't even know what's coming, bro. You don't know what I had to do to earn this ASCOT. This ASCOT, it's terrible. <laughs> what have I been through? What have I you been nobody no actually knows what it means. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nope. I can't, nobody I, else knows what it is. I couldn't. Yeah, nobody cares. They're like, what, why do you guys wear those stupid blue things? And you're like, shut up. I almost died for this. <laughs> and I look cool, too. And I look cool, too. The world owes me something. Yeah. <laughs> oh so the the graduation the the afsoc like putting that on like like that's a big deal and then you start you get out there and and you go like through the pipeline right Mm -hmm. so what was your what was your pipeline order like like for me i because i was a cross trainee Mm -hmm. i actually went right from indoc and then i went to free fall school oh nice no it was not lucky no because then i just i went to free fall school and then i had to go to dive school immediately after that and I did not work out at all. Like I wasn't like in in-doc shape out of yeah. free fall school. Like I was going TDY. So I'd go home like, you know, a class or two. And then I just ended up going to free fall. And, and then I showed up to dive and I was like, oh God, this is terrible. This is, this is awful. I really wish I would have went right out of in-doc. But which, uh, what was the order that you went in? Let's see. Uh, 
in in dock of course mm-hmm. and then uh dive school uh failed my one man's at dive school oh did you uh yeah i went back to in dock did a week of uh <laughs> oh, a week no. of in dock which wasn't fun oh, no. <laughs> and then went to sear school because they canceled whatever in uh dive course is happening um the winter sear school so that was kind of kind of chilly it's always harder yeah uh, and then came back to dive school finished that uh airborne free fall uh and i think you go through emt paramedic mm-hmm. and then straight on to pju um failed paramedic once and then uh got you know recycled finished paramedic and then uh, failed PJU once and dirt, dirt man, ironically, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Well, now uh, I, I do want to say like, this was during my time. Like I remember him. I remember you oh, as yeah. a student. Like I was here right away. I did not think that you were a dirt bag. I'm like, like, <laughs> oh, you totally thought I was a dirt bag. <laughs> what are you talking about? We actually were talking about that before. So I've actually smoked Joey before <laughs> for a, a pretty funny story that I have no problem telling because I think it's hilarious. But we'll, uh, we'll get to that uh, here at the end. So okay. what was your, uh, what was your favorite school in the pipeline? Oh, um, I'd probably say uh, free fall easily. I mean, okay. just learning how to do that stuff was, was yeah. an absolute experience. And uh, going like, it, you know, the big boy course, you yeah. know, it, it kind of sucked being the, the young dudes that everybody else thought shouldn't be there right. going through free fall. But I mean, we, we overcame that or whatever. And then uh, it was just a party. Yeah. You know, so much fun the entire time. Which um, is why I had such a hard time at dive school afterwards yeah. because I also had a great time at free fall school. <laughs> yeah. So you go back from like that status to being treated like a student again, and it's it's a weird back and forth. And you you'd learn to expect that sort of thing depending on what course you go to, yeah. um, going in and out of these courses. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's still like that. It's been it's only been five years for me, but I mean, um, you don't know what what what's changed and what hasn't. So, mm-hmm. um, well, and that brings up you know another good uh, kind of another good question is we were talking about it before we we got on here, but you said that this was the first time that you had been back to the schoolhouse, not in a student status. Yeah. When you showed up to the schoolhouse that first time, you'd been going through these schools. You started to feel yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're like, Hey, I got, I'm triple stack now and I'm not just some student. And how, how did you feel when you showed up to Kirtland that first time? Was it, were you just like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm in danger. Actually? No. Uh, and originally I was like, you know, I'm you know, showing back up again, seeing, you know, feeling out the instructors, which turned out a new, a good 90% of them. Plus oh, I was okay. like a couple, I was like, Hey, I, you know, was here with you, was here with you. So, yeah. uh, the instructor cadre, like absolute units, first of all, like they're awesome dudes. They're super cool. When they, when, when I came in, um, the total, uh, I guess vibe, if you would, um, has, has shifted from that kind of hard instructor to, we want to mentor you. Like it's still, if you, if you do something worth getting, you know, smoked for, you're going to get smoked, but we're here to mentor you and turn you into a PJ rather than we're going to, uh, just smash for, you for no yeah, reason. No yeah. reason. And that was one of my biggest complaints. Uh, problems was just like showing up and getting smoke for no reason. But uh, yeah, they, they, they have it coming when they deserve it. And, you know, I've seen them deserve it. So. <laughs> um, but the energy from the students even has been um, um, really solid. Uh, I was with the last of the Indoc grads. Um, and there's a big, <laughs> there's somewhat of a stigma between the Indoc grads and the ANS oh, grads. Because yeah. now we're shifting into the the hybrid of mm-hmm. indoc and ans and then a few classes later is going to be just ans grads and right. uh they are noticing uh, a slight difference between I, I don't know what it is but personality or something mm-hmm. um they haven't locked it down there's anecdotal evidence maybe like but uh you, i think it's just the air of talking to somebody with going through what you've gone through and going through what they've right. gone through but i mean uh, apparently it's all the same i mean we've, mm-hmm. we've all been through the same selection but uh we'll, we'll see how it plays out as we as we move along, you know, with students and instructors and then finally getting to your unit and maybe that, that hashing that into you, that discipline. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just don't have enough time here to, to truly 
um, identify it, I, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, I'm still learning. Um, and then the other, the other part of that question is, uh, going from student to, uh, I guess adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Coming back, uh, two weeks doing the, the, uh, TL thing with running, you know, ground missions and stuff with all these, all these guys was super fun, but it made me realize how much I've learned and how much I know is, as going into my TL stuff versus where I was five years ago as a student. All yep. I knew is, you know, if I wasn't the medic, I was pulling security and dragging a sled, yep. uh, getting off, just getting off and going to where I needed to go when I was told. Um, now it's, I'm telling people where to go and what to do. And I'm seeing, Oh my God, I'm like the, 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 what do you call it? The tunnel vision has turned yeah. into like up and out and everything. Yeah. And, uh, I've, you know, I feel like I've just recently realized there's so much more that you need to be in control of and need to be aware of, yep. um, that, that you just learn by going through reps and going through these courses and, you know, like wait for us and all those, those team mission scenario things that incorporates high angle, uh, Air ops, everything, security, yeah, everything yeah. all at once, yeah, yeah. So you learn your security, accountability, treat like everything. Uh, sure. it, it all, it all starts coming to you, and you're like, whoa! I, <laughs> it, it hit me. I know how to do my job. Uh, <laughs> nice, yeah. And it takes a long time. You don't just learn it coming out of the schoolhouse. You learn it, you know, being with your team or teams. You know, you go to different units and you you figure out how to. Uh, just how to do that up and out and how to be a PGA or when you go to an SC unit, like, like I did, you learn how to be basically a nug. Yeah. <laughs> you're a, you're a team member, not really a PGA when you go to these ST units. Um, and, uh, medicine and high angle is secondary to being a, a guy in the stack yep. or, uh, or just a shooter. Um, there's so much more out there that you don't realize until you spend a few years, get a few deployments and, and really figure it out. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really humbling because nice. yeah. Um, it, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun being being in this position yeah. and finally like leading people um, that really didn't know anything other than what the basics of what they've been taught here. Um, so it's good to see they're on their way. But yeah, that's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that t- <laughs> I think that time goes by super fast too. I know, like you're mentioning, it takes years and years to get that kind of experience in. But before you know it, you're at that point. You're like, man, do I know like probably coming to that to the schoolhouse and like becoming the TL like dang do I really am I in this position already to be the TL am I in this position already to be an instructor and these guys because I remember how I looked at my instructors and I thought that they were freaking like you know gods at the times like they're untouchable and they you know know everything about the career field kind of stuff and then you know I'd be put in that position like okay I'm going to be expected to you know be whatever obviously you make the instructor position your own and mm-hmm. you know develop a mentor however you want to do it but uh you know that position comes quick so those guys uh, you know soak up as much as you can before you before you know it you'll be in that position um so i want to talk uh i want to go back just a little bit because sure. i get a lot of questions about paramedic all the time um <laughs> what was it specifically that you failed is there anything that <laughs> other guys because i know this is going to be a question after this episode is yeah. there anything that other guys can do um to not be in that position <laughs> oh i failed the um the registry so the registry is yeah, no joke it's like not that, a joke that was one of the i i did not i'm not being a douche i'm being a douche because i am who i am <laughs> i did not have a hard time with paramedic i took to it pretty well i was older i was a, a pretty good adult learner paramedic was a smoker mm-hmm. like i was i had to really buckle down and really like there were a couple times where i was really close to failing paramedic myself so oh, yeah. that's one of those things people will be like oh this guy failed paramedic I, dude fine yeah. fine you know yeah absolutely uh that oh my gosh uh you go you go into paramedic and you realize that it's not all you know push-ups and pull-ups and everything you're still doing it to a degree during paramedic school but 
uh, and you're trying to keep up, you're going to work out during your lunch breaks to just stay awake during class and just stay fit. Um, but it's not all that once you hit paramedic and even dive school, they go through some of the physiology, but, um, you go from your, 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 your muscles to your, your tiny little brain <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, during actual school, yeah, you, you pass the test and you do, you think you're doing pretty well. And then you get, you know, kicked in the face by this registry. That's, it goes pretty, uh, uh, it goes full spectrum with a lot of things that you, you just can't fit into a six month course. Um, and that's, I think that's where you need to study hard, take those like guides and everything, those registry guides. Uh, I paid the $11 or whatever it was for the, yeah. for the study guide. And I was, I was in the books the entire time after my first, you know, failure. Um, how did that feel? Was that a wake up call for you? Oh, uh, when, you when you got that failure from the national registry, what was that like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was like, yeah, I can be out of here because not because of a, you know, setback thing from the military, from yeah. like a civilian standpoint, like they can't let you rehack this. Yeah. Um, once you finish or once you have your second strike or whatever. So like if I, if I fail this again, there's, you know, I diminish my chances and I've seen people get knocked out of the like good dudes get knocked out of the, the schoolhouse because of registry. And it's just because it's a hard test and, um, and you definitely should study. Like it makes, you know, perfect sense to be good at your job and, and know your medicine because, uh, that's, that's where we make our bread and butter is, uh, however that term's used, make our money, make, make our, food <laughs> I don't know. but like, like, you, you need to be a good medic first that's that's the foundation of where you go when you when you get to your units is yeah. you're the medic first and you you go into everything else so yeah everything else is just a way to get there yeah, yeah. i think that's just uh you know like i said a lot of questions are going to be about that kind of stuff so if mm -hmm. you're doing that kind of stuff then it sounds like study up on that national registry you know practice questions that kind of stuff that they have i did the same thing for uh, my pa exam and everything and that was the the biggest thing is just hours and hours and hours really putting yeah. into it and, um, you know, not spending time with the family, but all right. So let's go move on and go to another graduation. Um, okay. so like we were but talking about the big you, daddy, okay. the big one, like <laughs> we were talking about, you were able to attend the graduation of those guys that you were the TL for. Um, yeah. let's talk about you specifically, and then maybe kind of like what you felt for those guys. Cause you know, it was five years ago ish that mm -hmm. you did the same thing. What did it feel like for you when you were given that command to don your bray, blouse your boots, and you're just standing there proud, all flashes and your family yeah. sitting out in the audience? What did that feel like for you? I'll go back to our uh, final mission before that, uh, where we, you know, we opened the bar. Maybe I have to talk about that. <laughs> oh, uh, so, so, so. wrong box. Put that box Jeez. away and then move on. So there, it's a, it is a tradition in the pararescue schoolhouse. The instructors always find a way to present you with your beret at the time that they see fit when you have earned it as a team. And we always come up with a bunch of different missions. So that's not a, that's not a G2 thing. It doesn't happen at any one point. So that's a, a proud tradition here at the schoolhouse. We're not outing anybody here. I, I remember my beret mission. I, I can tell you every single thing that happened mm -hmm. on that beret mission. I remember the people that talked to me. I remember who shook my hand and who gave me a fist bump. I remember everything about that. It's one of the coolest parts mm -hmm. about our entire pipeline is that because the instructors try to surprise you. Like I, I have a great story. Maybe I'll put it on a story time or something, but I have a great story about I actually gave a team of uh, a team of guys their berets in front of an entire SEAL team. Mm -hmm. So we were working uh, on a huge exercise, and um, the SEALs didn't know it, but they, you know, we. I went up to their their senior chief and was like, "Hey, this is the, the last mission. These guys have earned their beret. Can we? Can I make them essentially PJs in front of you?" And they graduated in front of an entire SEAL platoon. It was it was really really cool. Like sure. I, I, I always remember that, um, even as a student, as my as my beret mission. So that's what he's talking about. 
this guy. <laughs> I don't know what's secret and what's not secret anymore. I haven't been back here in forever. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that that is like really like kept in the wraps to the, to the degree of of what's. I won't get specific. Yeah, but I I was crying when I when I when I got mine. Uh, I'm a emotional person. By yeah. he's a by, by, I'm one of the sensitive kids. Um, and yeah, I was crying. It was it was a huge moment for me because you know nobody ever you know thinks they can do it or you know you, you, it's just such a high mountain to climb. And when you get to the top, it's like you you did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, blouse in the boots, the ceremony. Um, that was fun too. Um, can't remember most of it for whatever reason. <laughs> for whatever. Um, <laughs> when, when you're getting slipped like vodka and whiskey and all that fun stuff, you don't remember you, what's going you on. Celebrate, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was a lot of fun. Um, my family was there. Uh, this is obviously pre-COVID, so right. yeah, for some reason I say that all the time now. But uh, yeah, families were there. I mean, every, everybody you know you can you can get there, and your friends, families there, and you're meeting everybody. It's it's a huge it's a huge moment. Um, Blazing the boots, it just sets you apart from everybody else, yeah. and uh, it really it really like it really seals in that you've that you've made it. Um, yeah, it was a it was a blast. Um, I will we'll, we'll never forget the parts I can remember from <laughs> <laughs> from graduating. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it was. An, I will never see that again. As far as like me doing it, um, that was huge, uh, crazy experience. Um, just a lot of partying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I woke up at and home. it is. <laughs> Yeah, it is a huge milestone like you're talking about, you know, because when you first start out or those people that are listening right now, they're like, man, these guys have made it or whatever. They've had mm-hmm. their beret and they've done all their stuff. And you're like, I'm never going to get there because it takes this barrier, then this barrier. And it's just so many different things that you have to go through and so many hurdles you have to jump to get to that position. When you're finally there, you're like, oh, here it goes. And then mm-hmm. you're moving on to your next and you're graduated. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I got to figure out how to get to my duty station. And then I got to actually, you know, know the job that I've been training to do this entire time. And mm-hmm. you got to show up to your first duty station. So what was it like for you um, showing up to your first duty station, being a new guy, <laughs> and then just like, hey, I have my bray. I think I belong here. And like, I will say know, my, like? my favorite meme that has come out was the was the one shelves dropped the other day. And it was just like, hey, congratulations, class 2003. Now go back to being a cherry F and take the trash out of your squadron, yeah. you know? Yeah, guess who gave him the idea for that? <laughs> this guy. You heard it here first. Yeah. Man Ooh. on the inside. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was, was you you went back to that cherry status. And um, it, it was interesting being, you know, going back down to the, the freshman level. Um, and granted, we went to Cannon where everything was brand new there. Like We basically stood up the unit with uh, the, the team that graduated just before us. So um, being a brand new PJ with a few, some really experienced leadership to try to get this, this ship running, um, we had we had to take that responsibility of help making the unit run uh, with controllers, with some of the TACP guys, Sauti, when that was a thing. Um, we had to help make that unit as functional as possible while having the expectation of learning your job and, and, and going beyond the, uh, the basic three level bout. And that was a, a big experience for me. I realized like, I didn't know anything. I was, you know, I was not good. I mean, I was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, you know, just from being, it made me a good operator from all the training I received at, at that unit. Um, people say what they want about Canon, but that was one of the, as far as being an operator goes, that was one of the best experience as far as training and learning the job. Um, you, you grow up super fast going to that unit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ha- and you have to, because yeah. there's yeah. no, there's no tolerance for it. Yeah. Hugely humbling. You know, Brian and I, we both showed up at the, at an ST unit together right about the same time. Like, man, same sort of thing. Like you, you have to grow up right away because people, people are like, okay, time to go. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. And I mean, yeah, they hand me a piece of paper and they're like, all right, here you go. This is what you have to do. Figure it out. Because <laughs> there was only a couple guys and they're all away on missions or doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, hey, uh, Peach. That's when I first met Peach. I was like, what are you guys doing next month? And that's when I went on my first TDY with him. Nice. So yeah, it's kind of like grow up, figure it out. And I think that I was going to ask, you know, what do you think, why do you think they picked you for an SC unit? Cause there's not a lot of slots for those people that are um, listening. Typically there's less slots for an ST unit because there are less ST bases mm-hmm. open for um, PJs and there's a lot more spots at different rescue units. So um, was there anything spe- specific that you think uh, made them pick you for that? Yeah, they looked at me and they were like, that's the one. That's the He's one. He's going ST. You think it was your no. medicine? It was, ter- it was absolutely my medicine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it was – so we put on our dream sheets. There's eight of us uh, to go to Herbert Field. That's yeah. where we wanted to go. We wanted to go to Florida. Um, that yeah, you remember was, this one? Oh, that, yeah, that was, was a, your class. That was a bad day. Uh, so, so BC and I, not to interrupt your yeah, story, yeah. but BC and I were in – we were going to San Antonio to get on a, on a uh, TDY. So that was the, the leadership for the squad at that time. When we got that phone call that all eight of those orders switched over, like there were people that had put money down on houses. I distinctly remember sitting in the airport with one of my best friends that's a crow and just going, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so bad from our side. That's uh, that's just another layer of you know the where you're going is like when you first get to your unit. I mean, this changes everything. So we we all had these expectations. One guy bought a house. He had a he had a call back home because we were at a we were at tactics at the time, Dang. and it's a two week uh, TDY where we you know third day we're like, oops, don't shake the table. Um, <laughs> third third day on this TDY, we still have ten days left, and there you know we found out this news that. Um, the, uh, I don't even know who decided this. It was just a big request. It, it was literally a, a Magcom flub. So to, to pull the curtain back, they were just like, all right, cool. We got to stand this capability up. Where's got the spots for it? Okay, well, it's easier to get the bodies out of the schoolhouse and then give them one or two team leaders and try to go from there. Mm-hmm. And it was just a thing that there, it was a, literally a button pusher at, at one of the places. It was just like, boop. Okay, this is a thing now. We're good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they pulled us in during ta- three day of tactics and like, hey, we're turning off the uh, hard instructor thing. You know, we're not dropping you. We just got to take you wait and talk to you. And uh, uh, they pulled us out and we we, we walked up to the tents. The, the chief was there. Probably would have rather gotten smoked. <laughs> yeah, I would have rather gotten smoked that day. <laughs> yeah. I'll take two hours of that than, uh, <laughs> than finding out where I'm going. And I'm from Albuquerque. So oh, I was, no. I wanted, I, my whole career, I wanted to leave Albuquerque. Right. Um, and you went to Clovis. Well, yeah. I went to, you know, Curling Air Force Base, my two and a half year, three year pipeline. And then I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to love leaving my home. <laughs> I'm going to travel the world someday. You, you'll, you'll all see. see. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm ready to leave. And then, uh, you know, this is a five weeks out, you know, from our graduation. I don't know how long, but we're expecting to go, you know, pending any catastrophic failures. And, um, they pull us aside. Hey, you got orders to uh, not Herbie anymore. It's uh, it's Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico. Beautiful. Being uh, in, in oh, man, Clovis, I, I'll hold my tongue. Um, <laughs> and uh, so they actually they the instructors. You guys came together and were like. It, it felt like one of my family members died and you guys were just treating it like you're telling us how to write taxes and grow up and be mad about this. I was like, what you, what's happening? I'm telling you, it was awful for us because we, it blindsided us too. And yeah. we like, literally like, we know what it's like. Like, I know what it's like to have assignments change. I know what it's yeah. like to have that stuff turned off. And I couldn't believe, like, I couldn't believe that we were going to have to be the ones to be like, all right, guys, it's not Herbie. It's Canon. And we were just like, holy, how are we going to make this okay for you guys? And I mean, it really, it was one of those moments as an instructor staff that we just hated. Yeah. All of us were just like, this is nonsense. Yeah. You can, you can read the room or yeah. the tent, whatever it was. The tent. The tent. <laughs> you can read the desert. And everybody was like, it was tense. Yeah. <laughs> it was just new. I mean, like I, I, I was kind of okay with it at the time. Um, 
just not knowing what I don't know. My, my tiny brain, my, my best friend is going with me. So I was like, that makes it a little better. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll get a place. Sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> we'll just uh, get an apartment and yeah, make this thing real. <laughs> and we show up and the, the electricity, it wasn't like fully on at the, at the base <laughs> when we got there. So like just driving in darkness and you're like, this is what I have to look forward to <laughs> oh, no. for, uh, for my next three to five years, whatever it is. It's <laughs> not even better during the daytime though. <laughs> no, you almost rather the lights off, you know. Even, it's like one of those moments. Even when you see, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that was the uh, that was the uh, full extent of, of getting there. But um, yeah, we were treated like you know cherries, like everybody else. I mean, we had to learn how to learn the job, like everybody everybody else going through. So, um, learned a lot through that for sure. Yeah. Okay. And any uh, big differences as far as, you know, when you're talking to your buddies at, and by the way, the same thing happened to me when I was um, trying to go to one of my best buddies and I wanted to go to Vegas together and they changed it to the last second for us. Also, they sent me over to England and I was like, wow, that's a big change from Vegas (laughs) to England. Like, you know, it is what it is. It's ended up being a good thing for me. Um, yeah, obviously a good thing for you too, as far as training and, you know, being able to grow up in the community and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and opportunities that you had, although it was Clovis, which, you know, one's going to really talk very highly of as far as the town, but the training opportunities out there are awesome. Um, so when you talk to other dudes, uh, you know, at different rescue units and that kind of thing, what'd you kind of find where the big differences between where you were at down there at ST unit versus RQS or was it the same? Um, let's see. I mean, it, the, the difference was just people, you know, feeling sorry. <laughs> uh, it was, it was so, it was like, I don't know. I didn't really know too much about anywhere else other than that. It was, you know, I guess it's, it's better than here. It was my, you know, my first time to know anything. Sure. Yeah. So, um, and we just learned what we learned. We were basically, you know, model after like the army way of the, the structure and everything. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're not even really a PJ. You're just a nug that has medical skills whenever some, something happens and you're, you're doing ground. The, Okay, well, and we'll segue into that. Yeah, the uh, the biggest difference is they're on helos all the time. They're flying, and we're driving into every one of our infills or taking a twenty two, and those are also fun. Um, so you're you're working on a CV twenty two. You you I never saw a sixty. Um, the entire time I was there, uh, CV twenty two. That's the thing. So you're getting electrocuted when you're when you're hoisting somebody. Um, the whole fun. time. I don't understand the physics. It's the whole time. <laughs> it's just a constant. Pff- yeah, the whole time you're under that thing, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, the first time we hoisted, I was like, "Who's punching me in the head?" Yeah, because I'm touch, I'm like rounding it out, touching the thing. Like, who is like who's yeah. doing that? Yeah, <laughs> it hurt, it hurt. <laughs> and uh, you get over it really fast. It's not as you know, you're you're fast roping sideways. You know, that's always fun, but uh, the powerful machine, but dangerous at the same time. Uh, and then you're gaffing. You're doing all the uh, ground infills, ground like convoy ops. When I was in Africa, we were driving everywhere for hours, for days. Yeah. And uh, that's just that's what you sign up for when you go there. Um, those are the two big differences. You're doing a different mission. You're not doing the traditional Kazavac medevac, um, flying back and forth. It's just not that. And uh, going to Pat, I learned that you know firsthand at Patrick when you know in Iraq we were we were doing just that, but mm-hmm. not as be- not as much because it's sure 2019. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what we you know that's that's the big difference. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think along with that is, you know, just some of the things you do with controllers and, you know, crosstalk with some of the other guys out there and just being able to like lean over and say, hey, uh, can you show me how to do this radio thing again real quick? Or like, how do I do 
xyz because obviously you know you go to a rescue squadron there's going to be a pj or two there but controllers like that's their job is the radio thing so you can go to the dude that's supposed to know everything about it and be like hey can you show me some tricks i mm-hmm. suck at this i don't know how to press these buttons <laughs> i am so correctly. bad at this i can't get comms <laughs> and the guy's right i can see him i could yell at him yeah. but i can't get I him on his radio yeah. just, like, we'll just plug the thing I in just wanted to just... Talk. can it could just talk in my ear please <laughs> he's plugging your peltor into the pussy talk because you forgot to plug it in. <laughs> and that's what... <laughs> hey siri tell him to turn his radio <laughs> yeah yeah um Oh uh, uh, man, yeah, but they they know it. They're the experts. I was on a controller team my first uh, deployment and uh, learned so much. I I was a controller. I wasn't a PJ my first deployment, um, and then I did sit call and all the all the classic stuff. But yeah, okay, big uh, difference. What was your uh, uh, first deployment? It wasn't a CSR then, or what, what kind of uh, deployment did it you was get a, down there? Uh, ST AZRT. Um, so we we were doing the 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 DZ surveys. Um, KLEs, like leader engagements with people around the continent. Um, and then uh, the one cool thing, I guess, was uh, that, you know, they got me as like a little Christmas present or something was that we got to do a med cap and oh, stood, up, uh, yeah, stood up a field hospital in a, in a village and was prescribing, you know, uh, hydration packets and people yeah. just had yeah, like Tylenol and gummies. All the vitamins. Yeah. I mean, they had a full, you know, uh, medical box full of everything. I mean, you know, and then I got to do surgery with, uh, you know, this doc telling me how to do it. I was a dentist for two days, was pulling teeth out of, out of villagers. Uh, <laughs> that was super are, uh, fun. Brian and I have been on a med cap together and they, they yeah. get, they get spicy. Mm-hmm. Like I tell this story every once in a while, nobody ever believes me, but like, no kidding. We, we had a, a an African gentleman come in. He was like 85 years old. He had tuberculosis mm-hmm. and me and one of the 18 Delta dudes that were there, we literally looked at this monitor for like 40 minutes. We're like, this is a third degree heart block. This guy is in a sustained third degree heart block just walking around and i looked at the guy and i was like well what are we supposed to do with this and he was like well don't tell him he might die if he realizes that he's got this heart rhythm <laughs> don't scare him but i swear i mean we even called the doctor over we're like this can't be this mm-hmm. this lethal rhythm on this thing and he's just like that, that looks exactly like it i mean i guess we could take and he's like there's there's really no there's really no heart hospital around here in the middle of nowhere so <laughs> it was just a wild thing but med caps are med caps are crazy like that but it, it's actually a, a pretty good segue to go in so in true pj fashion like you stood up in the time where covid was was nasty in new york and you found yourself actually working with sister services and working with other healthcare professionals and you found yourself in new york in the thick of when covid was just starting and you were up there treating it how did you even find yourself in it was it a volunteer thing did they just be like who wants to go do this and and where did that come from yeah uh that was a volunteer thing um doc rush put out a uh my voice cracks. I'm still half your age. <laughs> Doctor Rush put a. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I'm telling. You, I'm telling RJ Casey on you. Oh, I'm telling don't even. your dad immediately out of here. I'm like your. I'm like your cool uncle. I'm telling RJ the yeah, second. Cool uncle, Papa RJ. Oh man, I got to lead him around airports so he knows what, what gate he's going to be at. It's. Oh man, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, but first, all right. So, uh, so yeah, the 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 COVID thing. So back in. Um, Late February, uh, we got this email, a big call to arms from uh, from Doc Rush, and um, I'm sure a lot of the communities heard about this by now. But uh, hey, we need dudes coming down. We need soft medics We're trying to do this big uh, field hospital with uh, military and uh, former military and civilians alike. Uh, is there any way you guys can come out here? We want to build a field hospital and run, you know, be a relief valve for the uh, the 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 New York hospital system because they're just absolutely overwhelmed. They were crushed at the time. Yeah. And uh I was like, yeah, I'll sign up. So they pulled this, you know, this massive Google document sheet that has, you know, sign up thing. I emailed Doc Givens, Melissa Givens. She's this former, I think, army doctor. Um 
that one civilian and wanted to, her dream was to stand at this massive field hospital. So I'm um, like, yeah, I'll sign up for that. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm playing Call of Duty at my house right now. I got nothing else to do. Uh, I, I had just got back from, from my Iraq. The uh, World War Three missile crisis was our, our time too. And right. I was, me and Langley were talking about it. Like, what if we, you know, get hit by these missiles, you know, our freaking base is all destroyed. And now we find ourselves going right into a global pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's like, right? And New York, you were right. It was getting just crushed right then. Like yeah. New York did everything wrong. Like the mm-hmm. spike that we were trying to avoid, that was New York from yeah. February to really May. Yeah. And it's population density by, by and large. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we and Langley were talking about it. Cause Langley ended up going there too with me. And we're like, we're in the middle of all these world war three memes. And <laughs> now we're going into the <laughs> COVID memes and like it's, it's happening. So, so we answered the call. Um, and uh, I found myself two days later on a plane going to uh, New York City and uh, I get contacted by uh, Brian Walsh. He's a crow at the 103rd in yeah. New York. And he's like, hey, man, you're the first PJ here. Uh, do you want to lead a group of docs and nurses and PAs and uh, other soft medics uh, do a, uh, another field hospital on the side? It's still this thing, but it's uh, at the New York Presbyterian. Um, biggest hospital system in the, in the country, I think, um, they, they, that's where they receive patient zero, okay. uh, for the COVID thing. So, uh, he's like, they, they have a pavilion on the side where they do like their Christmas parties, uh, where they cleared it out and, uh, you are in charge of setting up this field hospital in there. You get all the resources, you get the docs that are willing to help you, um, just go in there and basically just herd cats for me, make sure all, everybody needs to show up where they need to show up at the right time. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I can be good at this. Yeah. At first I was like, <laughs> yeah, before. I was like, Brian, I don't think I can do this. They think, they're asking for a doctor on the email and he's right. like well you're a pj so go go do your thing and he like kind of inspired me i was like yeah i'll, I'll do it so show up i do a meeting with the the doc at the hospital and um awesome doc doc hill and uh, she she does the uh dog and pony show basically with me she, he's a usaf pararescue man um he's done this you know he's badass you know all this civilian all the stuff you, you say she has like, super up. cool hype me up and i'm like yeah i'm so cool <laughs> and uh and then yeah tell security yeah. i'll let this guy in anywhere he needs to go tells all the staff he's like this you know, this guy's sitting at a field hospital with these military people um shows me around i got to see like everything everything they were doing was brilliant as far as converting ors into these covid suites like they were working their their a's off doing all this stuff it was it was really interesting to see um even the patients that were just like, oh man, this is this is crazy. It was insane watching it. And uh, she took me to the the uh, annex, and it's uh it converted into a big like a sixty patient field hospital. Um, she's like, hey, there's beds here, there's O2, there's monitors. You can you can have it set up any way you want. Make whatever changes you need to make. Just tell me what you need. And I was like, don't don't worry about it. I'll set it up. I'll handle it. Um, and I you know she had other docs that were willing to um, provide anything we needed and we were willing to provide anything they wanted. So I had 30 people. Um, that's a huge team. Yeah. Huge right? team. Well, it was originally 20 in there to be like, okay, well, yeah. Hey guys, I'm going to, I'm going to manage. Like I, I always say it, but you know, professionals plan for logistics while mm-hmm. amateurs plan for execution. The execution of the day-to-day treating probably mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, that hard or that complex, right. but man, managing 50 people and those logistics and getting people to where they got to go, that had to yeah. be, that had to be super tough. Yeah. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I was 11 days straight. I was working like 18 hour days. Um, I remember I, I, I lost like 15 pounds. Like I lost so much weight because I just was working on this, like setting up uh, rosters, uh, calling people, um, getting, I got 30 PJs hired within like three days and they've, they, they actually flew out on their own dime and we almost, we kind of backdoored the hiring system with, okay. cause they were so slow. They couldn't figure it out. And I was like, dude, buy your ticket. I'll have you paid. I'll have you back paid for the ticket. I'll have you paid for your hours, whatever. Just, just get here. And, uh, some of my closest friends answered the call. Like they were like, don't, don't even, don't even question it. You'll, I'll show up. And they showed it. Like it was, it was crazy. Like 
I, I did not think people would actually answer that the way the way they did because um, originally with the original call to arms, they were like, I don't believe this is actually real. Like air, like the COVID thing. Um, that was a wild time. Too, yeah, right? it was wild. I mean, we didn't yeah. we didn't know where COVID came from. Yeah. Like their, their conspiracy theories were flying around, Dude. and then like everybody was like, Come on, is this a real thing? Like yeah. to have just thirty of your bros just be like, Well, I'm not sure, but you're asking for help, so <laughs> I'm I'm there. Like let's figure this out together. Yeah, we had a. Um, yeah, they showed up and they were like, "Dude, I trust you. Like, let's just like just get me working." And uh, it, it was paid, so like they they made some they got compensated for their efforts. And um, yeah, so I was like, "I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Just show up." And they they showed up and they trusted that uh, I was actually doing something, and uh, that really spoke to me. Um, and they were like, "Where do you want me?" The, the big thing for me was I stood at the gate, you know, kind of like a CCP is how I imagined this whole thing. And I was like, you, you guys do your work. I'm just taking accountability and making sure you guys are, are good and taken care of. And, uh, they, they worked, that's what they did. And they, they had a whole system flowing on the inside while I was on the outside, just mitigating every risk possible and asking for whatever they needed. And, uh, it actually happened. We were treating patients with, within three days, we had patients, we had our first patient scene, and then we had, you know, upwards of 25 something patients at a time, um, COVID plus their comorbidities. That's, you know, what everybody has. And, uh, we actually, we had a really good, we saw a lot of patients walk out of the hospital. It was incredible. Um, yeah, that was the most rewarding thing was seeing people come out and seeing this as an actual successful operation was a blast. I mean, it was so much fun. We, uh, like we were all separated from each other from, you know, like the two months leading up to it. Cause we were 15 days to flatten the curve and we're on day 60 or whatever. And yeah. Welcome to the one year anniversary. Almost yeah, of 15 way, days yeah, to flatten the yeah. curve. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, great. Cool. Uh, cool. We made it. Uh, All right, guys, we did it. Yeah. But this was a, a massive undertaking. Um, and I was happy to just be a part of it. And, yeah. uh, like I'm just happy to have my team that, that worked so hard just to make it happen. And, um, like I don't think I'll see anything like that again. I mean, that was insane. I mean, and, it uh, was literally a, a historic event, man. Yeah. Like I don't think we over it. Did you? Uh, did not. you get? Yeah, no kidding. Did you get COVID? I did not get COVID. For no, nobody on that operation got COVID. Not, not a single, single person. person. No, we all had double wow. PPE on the mask, the advisors. We, we had our PPE, but like we were still hanging out. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we were hanging yeah. out in, yeah. in, the, in the lobby of the hotel, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> ordering food, and it was it was nuts. Um, yeah, nobody got COVID. Um, some people got sick because they were just working so hard. I mean, I had one dude that went for 14 days straight without a break. And I was like, dude, you need to – like, I'm sending you home. Like, just go home. Yeah. This is Josh Langley, actually. He's right. like, dude, I'm, I'm freaking here. I'm, I have nothing else to do. And lo and behold, we were all, you know, made a lot of friends. Like, made a lot of like, – there was a few Army soft medics, Marine medics. Um, had a Navy SEAL that didn't want to be uh, called out for being a Navy SEAL. But he, he was actually probably the most humble SEAL I've ever met. He didn't tell anybody. And I found yeah. out. And then I, I called him out on er- everywhere I could find. I called him out. He's so he's still pissed off about it. <laughs> so, sorry, bud. <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my friend. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, w- it was it was cool. It was uh, it just showed that, uh, you know, you can put an operator in a leadership position and tell them what they need to get done and they'll, they will have it done. Um, huge testament to um, the sled dog coming into this position. You don't need a doctor or a or a crow or a stow. You just get a guy that's that wants to get the job done. Um, that's that's my soapbox there about how how that works. Because I, I truly believe in putting guys that deserve it when they get out or when they branch out of this with all this like experience you get uh, to go out and whatever job you want to do, you can be a leader in it without really knowing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't, don't confuse, you know, don't confuse, you know, education and an ability. Like you can absolutely. be a very, very smart, very capable dude without having a piece of paper from a brick and mortar college to say, okay, you're a leader. Yeah. Like, and I think we're finding that a lot more. Yeah. I, I truly hope so. Cause that's, that was my kind of goal in this part. But, uh, while also, you know, propelling the soft medic to, you know, their nursing and their PA, like you, it's, it's so transferable that, it, it you can accelerate a program you know in the states it, it just makes sense so um 
yeah, that's that's what I came here to talk about, you know. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it I was think a that, blast. Uh-huh. I think that speaks volumes for, you know, just the career field as a whole, you know, if you s- put a PJ in there, you're like, you're like, you're talking about the doc explained, Hey, this is a pararescuement. This is what they do. This is who he is. All that kind of stuff. Hyped you up, all that kind of stuff. And you still fulfilled that role. And you're able to do all those things that she was saying that you're able to do, um, which is crisis management at its problem solving. That's basically what we are bread and butter. And that's what we plan and train and do on the daily is just figure it out. We got a problem right here in front of us. Let's figure out what we're going to do about it and make it happen. Obviously the, the stakes were pretty high at that point because you had people that were, I'm sure a few of those people also died um, while they were over there in the hospital. And it was, you know, we didn't know what was going on. Like you guys said, it was just a new thing and some kind of virus that was going on and it might affect people really bad. And we didn't know how to handle it at that point in time. I don't know if we still even know how to handle it, but we'll see how things go out. Um, So I want to talk about flip the switch here, talk about some other stuff. And this is more along the lines of Instagram and this, uh, this account called the come sit and relax. Now, now, we've been listen, seeing this thing pop up. I don't know. I got my own There's some shirt. shirts. I ordered yeah. a hoodie. I got a hoodie coming. I can't wait. I think it's dope. I like the I like the vibes. I've exchanged DMs with the guy. It's been pretty fun. It's good. I'm positive it shelves though. <laughs> it's I'm, I'm it, absolutely sure it shelves. I mean, <laughs> like who who wouldn't do something like that? But uh, sounds like a really good uh, really good brand. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a good dude. Uh, pretty yeah. chill. You know, puts out some good products and everything. I thought it was Aaron for this entire time. <laughs> Like just, <laughs> just moonlighting as the just come sit and relax guy. Side. Yeah. Hey, well, but, I mean, uh, no, so, Instagram, it's a, it's a big uh, platform for, uh, for memes and, you know, a lot of products from, you know, former motivated operators coming out there or even current ones. So it's come sit and relax stands for CSAR. Like you know, com- combat search and rescue. It's out the door now. So I mean, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing anymore. So. <laughs> Do you happen to know who this admin might be and where we can get some sick shirts from? Yeah, uh, come sit and relax is me. Yeah. <laughs> you guys knew. Everybody. Oh, <laughs> oh no. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny too, but like on the Free Range American podcast with Dizzy, he said the same thing because JT was giving him, yeah, giving yeah, him crap. He's like, he's like, oh, you know, we're not going to – he was like, listen, everybody already knows. Like we – we all like talk to one another. We're all friends. Like there are some people out there that were like, we're never going to like let that out into the world <laughs> if people don't want to. But, um, yeah, 100%. Like we, I've been laughing the entire time when we were talking before we got on the podcast. I'm yeah. like, Oh, it's time for an admin <laughs> reveal. Yeah. And no, I'm not shelves. I don't know the guy. Never heard of him. Never um, heard of him. no, I'm just, white hips. Oh, he's a great guy too, by the way. He's an awesome dude. Um, he, he, he does want what's best for the community. Yeah, um, much sure. like myself, he's a funny as hell. Um, I try to collab with him with some of his memes, but those are some top, top notch. <laughs> it's so niche too, mm-hmm. like just like the CSAR thing. I mean, it's so niche. Um, that Instagram has, you know, a following of not every single, you know, PJ or CCT, but it's got a, a good amount. And, uh, dudes are coming out like they're, they're kind of outing the, uh, some of the internal issues the air force kind of has in a joking matter. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to, to, to make it a bad thing, but, uh, it's, it's a great thing because yeah. you don't have, like you can either, it, this is a way for people to express themselves, on a platform that, uh, that, uh, I wouldn't say protects them yeah. for the most part, but it, it, you can honestly do it. Um, well, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm obviously just trying to, you know, sell merch shorts and hoodies and hats eventually patches. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, I, I'm trying to get all the, um, 
all the community's merch in one spot. Um, most of this stuff I curated myself. This is actually an AFE dude that uh, I asked for permission uh, and uh, gave him some some swag and some nice. some shout outs and stuff just 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 to get it. Uh, changed it around, um, but uh, and then a, a portion of the of the purchases goes to the PJ Foundation. Yeah. Um, and if we we're making a combat control one, that's going to the CCT Foundation. Um, yeah. We're trying to get it for everybody, so we're trying to make this a good place to come. Uh, sit and relax and finish off. I'm not <laughs> um, mad at it. Yeah, come get some swag and then uh, uh, you get to donate to the people that, you know, died and got injured for us. And there's dudes that need help that do get um, some cash just to help them out if they, you know, go to the hospital or have a hardship or something. And I I believe in that. Shelves yeah. definitely believes in that. He's actually selling his stickers through us. Yeah. And 100% of his proceeds are going to the uh, the the PJ foundation. Yep. So we like, I believe in this. I think he saw that in, in this. And, um, that's, that's the, the heart of what this is. Cause I can't do this without the community. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to coattail it, but like, that's, that's where it comes from is a combat rescue background. And, uh, I just, I love doing it. It's so much fun. <laughs> like, and I like to wear cool shirts. So like that's, that's where this came <laughs> from. I was like, I, I can make a yeah. shirt that's feels better than this and looks better and has a cool, funny saying on it. So that's, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things in the last couple of years, especially with Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff is those people. I think there's a transition between the mindset of like old school, you know, pararescue or special operations Mm -hmm. where like we cannot put our faces, we cannot put our names, we cannot do any of that stuff out there anymore. And now it's like, all right, well, you know, it's going to be out there because listen, Siri's listening to you. If you're not, if you're not aware of that, Alexa's listening to you. There's pictures all over the place. So, why not have fun with it and let's build our community (laughs) on Instagram. And I think that's one of the coolest things is just, you know, guys like you like, Hey, I want to make some dope shirts and then sell them. And then we, you know, come together as a community and we're building our own little, you know, community around these people and the people that are coming in are trying to, are kind of seeing that, that sense of, you know, brotherhood and how we interact with each other on Instagram and on social media and just, you know what the community is all about and helping each other. And like you said, doing PJ foundation and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's really cool um, to be able to do that and just come together. Is there anything specifically that you see as far as future, you guys branching out or any of that, anything like that? Yeah. I mean, we're hoping to, um, we're actually trying to get a bunch, like as many other vet owned businesses. Uh, you know, we, we focus on the soft, you know, c- controllers that are setting up their stuff, other, other, there's another ranger that we might be working with, uh, actually Jim Nav, uh, yeah. helping him out, yeah, yeah. um, selling his shirts for him. Um, once he pulls the trigger on that, there's actually another PJ selling, um, fitness, uh, supplements. I don't know words anymore. I got, I got hate a couple weeks ago and now I've fried all my brain cells, um, which is the irony in the PJ getting, getting hate yeah, is disgusting. Yeah, yeah, actually, I, he actually I, got hate, which is great. Yeah, I, I get roasted every day for getting high altitude pulmonary edema oh, from, me, I'm a mountain man. from As you climber. should. Ooh, I can't Ooh, I yeah. Can't so I can't, I can't think I can't do my directions now. I can't do simple math. It's, it's bad. But, uh, anyway, uh, PJ doing, uh, <laughs> Uh, supplements, uh, pre-workout, this guardian, uh, fitness, he's, uh, um, run by a PJ and he's, he's got a bunch of pre-workout and it's really good. I tried it. Um, I'm not just trying to like blow smoke. I mean, that's really <laughs> good. So I told him, Hey, if you need shirts made, I'll do them for you. And, uh, so we're, we're handling his shirts and, nice. uh, the, the big effort is we want to turn this into a, uh, a vet supported vet, you know, get your business off the ground. We'll, we'll take care of you in whatever way we can. Uh, CSAR has a small following, but, uh, we're trying to, 
pick up everybody else, you know, and help them out. And, uh, I think it's huge because the small business by a vet is like, is, is very impressive coming out of yeah. the military world and try to find your way. Well, so, and we love living in that space, man. Like yeah. we, we love, you know, between shelves and kinetic perspective and a whole yeah. bunch of other cats. Like it feels good. Cause we all, we all know each other. Like we, you know, why shouldn't, you know, something that, but Brian to his credit started out saying like a long time ago is a rising tide raises all boats. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we're trying hard to help our friends succeed and they're trying to do the same thing, that's how a team works. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's how we're kind of all successful. So man, we're, it, it, we're obviously fans of it. Like I, I bought this shirt cause I think it's awesome. Had you remembered to bring my hoodie today? I'd be wearing my hoodie dog, but I told you I want that. Hoodie. Um, well, that brings us like to, to kind of where we are now. So you, you finally had your dream realized and you went down to, to Cocoa beach. So now, now you work down there, you're reunited with your dad, RJ, uh, down at, down at Cocoa. But now that you've seen it from both sides, right? So you made that move over to the, to the, you know, from active duty over to the, the garden reserve side. Tell us about kind of how you feel working in the garden reserve. And if people were looking to make the decision, cause we get that question a lot, right? Should I go active? Should I go guard? And they've heard it from a bunch of different people, but you know, Trent's not on, uh, not on today's podcast, but he would definitely ask you, what's the day to day like? Because he gets asked that question so many times it's his, he hates it. But, um, what would you, what would you say to somebody that was like, okay, well I want to do active duty or, or you know, I want to be a PJ, but I, I don't know if I want to do active duty or if I want to do guard, what are the benefits that you see? Cause you've seen it from both sides of the fence now. So the, the biggest thing to me was, oh, let's, let's, let's talk about Canon real quick is that it's been quoted as one of the career killers for combat controllers, PJ, Sauti, uh, SR support people. Um, and I love my support, pe support people too. Uh, as Gavin says, you can't have a, uh, <laughs> what a spear without the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, you man. can be the tip of the spear all you want, but if you don't have something supporting you, it does Absolutely. not matter. Yep. And, uh, what these people are seeing is they're, they're for whatever reason, toxic community, or they're just not happy where they're living or, uh, their, their unit, just not what they being a PJ isn't what I thought it would be, you know, uh, that's uh, in, uh, that's kind of what I thought when I was at Canon. Um, I was just slightly disappointed. I was still a young dude that you know I had big expectations for for my military career, and well, over there I, I had some. But uh, do you think that was more of like somebody just not telling you kind of what everything that you could do because you had this idea, yeah. and when you went to Canon, it was so different. Like, mm -hmm. do you think that? you know, the stuff that we're doing now or the stuff that, you know, we're trying to, to get out there, like, Hey, these are all the things that mm -hmm. PJs can do. Do you think that would have helped you back in the day? I, I, I think so. Um, I, I just think I was too, you know, too immature at the, at the time. Um, I just not, I didn't grow into my job. So I expected more and, uh, I expected different and it just wasn't. So, and now I know like how much more there is out there. Um, and, and doing, I've had a blast doing it since I, like, even from the last, you know, portion of canon i was like okay it's not so bad <laughs> right yeah um, you got used to it yeah I, I got used to it but uh i had a lot of fun that there's just the team i was on was was that that's what you really come for is the community and the brotherhood and uh it's not it doesn't feel like a job it really doesn't um yeah. but uh some people still you know nonetheless get disappointed they just want out they want to leave and uh, uh what i would say to people with this on the on the edge is uh like you try to keep your foot in the door in any capacity you've, you've earned this spot. Like don't just quit out and leave it. Uh, look at the guard, look at the reserve, look at other uh, entities out there that, that take uh, these soft operators and still have the mentality. But uh, I called up uh, Patrick and a few of my friends were there and I was like, Hey, will you guys take me? <laughs> I'm trying to leave. <laughs> I just, and, uh, and 
Y'all yeah. got a cage down there? Can we go to coconuts yeah. on the beach and exactly. just talk about it? Oh man, I was like, dude, I need to go. I've been trying to go somewhere else. And, and this stems from, you know, coming from Albuquerque, going three hours down the road. Um, yeah. I just needed somewhere else to go. And uh, partially a mental health thing, which uh, they preach it, but sometimes it just doesn't, the mental health thing does, or the family or whatever, take care of yourself, doesn't always get solidified. Um, and I just, I needed that change of pace. Uh, I needed that green, like scenery, that, that vacation property down in. You got to smell <laughs> that water. You got to see Melbourne, Florida, yeah. the Indian Atlantic. It's beautiful. Exactly. And we, yeah. you know, we went TDY there, did our water ops there. Yeah. Um, did some at, at, at Cannon going to, to Patrick. I was like, why aren't we somewhere here? <laughs> what, what is going on? And uh, am I being punished? And I don't know. So I, call, I called them up, uh, did, a, did an interview. Um, I, I told them where I was at and uh, my experience and, um, they, they, they were very uh, open to it. And this is on the tail end of, of Jolly 5-1. And um, I, I think they were hurting for, for good dudes. Uh, not like just off that. I mean, uh, I think there was a, a, a slight exodus of people after Jolly 5-1 happened. Um, that They, you know, happened to have open slots. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm placing on, on, on that because I, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't have whatever it was. Uh, it's okay to so you got lucky. I, just, I got lucky. That's the word I'm trying <laughs> to look for. Go. I got really lucky. Um but uh, yeah, they 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 accepted me with open arms. They trained me up. I mean, they um, they their big thing is: are you like, is your personality going to match up? And that I yeah. think the two four does this too: is are you a uh, like, are you cool? Yeah. Um, can you can you hang with a team? Because they're actually a super mean team. I've had my my feelings crushed <laughs> multiple times, <laughs> and uh, I've just and he's back. emotional, you, like we talked. Yeah, about. and I'm yeah, very emotional. Very so. sensitive. <laughs> yeah, sensitive very guy. sensitive. Yeah. So, but I've learned to dish it back. Um, it's a it's a great team. It's an older team too. Of course, we mentioned RJ and um, and then uh, Chad Seniors over there, and I yeah. love Chad. Um, but they're they're older dudes and they're very experienced. And um, and uh, when I got there, I think I was the youngest guy next to Josh Langley that uh, joined. And they're like, well, it's really nice to have people with good hair actually show up at a PJ unit. <laughs> and uh, so that was, really, that was really nice to hear. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they they taught me a lot and uh, got, a, got a lot of experience out of that and uh, did my one year of my uh, my upgrade there. Um, and then uh, and then finally went part-time after the deployment to Iraq. Uh, and then, you know, here we are, at, you know, the, the COVID thing and then some contracting after that. And it just... Going reserve to segue back, <laughs> um, it, it opens your you opens your door to so many other opportunities. I mean, just civilian opportunities while well, keeping your you got one you got a beret hat on for for the military work, and you got you know your contractor hat on or your PA hat on. Your whatever you want to do, you can go to school, you can go find another job somewhere, and you can do both. Um, I, I implore everybody that's trying to get out to at least try the guard or reserve because uh, you can always stop at the guard or reserve. You can leave. But uh, one, as soon as you step out the door and you're done, it's hard to get back in. It's yeah. so hard to get back in. Yep. So, um, and I've had friends that have tried to come back in after like a year of getting out, and it's it's impossible. It's nearly impossible. Yeah, yeah, it's really really tough. Yeah, we had one dude that had to go back through Indoc because he was gone for. Or no, he had, to, he had to go back to PJU because he was gone for so long. <laughs> oh, Not no. Indoc. Yeah, PJU. Yeah, yeah, Jason. Yeah, would... yep. yeah Jason was Jason was on my team. I actually graduated with Jason. Uh, Sergeant Money himself is uh, old right money over maker? here. Some old yeah. money mocker. Old money maker. But old, old money is actually in this photo over here, right there. Uh, one of the small ones over there. <laughs> Probably yeah. one of those small dudes. But yeah, exactly. Uh, he he had to go all the way back through, and he. I mean, I was the proctor for his team, so yeah, it's really tough to get back in the guard reserve too. I think if we start talking as things start drawing down, mm -hmm. I think there are going to be some reduction in forces, but we're still going to need the capability. The guard reserve is a perfect place mm -hmm. to keep those skills preserve that force and then if something big does pop off the garden reserve could be like listen we've got this ready force of dudes that just need a short train up and they've been here the whole time mm -hmm. so man it, it, it's a really good gig mm -hmm. 
and you, you can always get back in active duty uh, once you got a reserve. So that's that's your ticket. Uh, if you just decide you want to be full time again, um, there's so many other opportunities. And uh, like to, to 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 drop yourself out of that community is uh, is kind of painful to see. Um, so yeah, there's always there's always a lot out of it that you can get. Um, yeah, um, it's it, painful it's to do also <laughs> right yeah, now as I went through gosh. school and have been doing all this <laughs> stuff. I think it's really important though, like you were bringing up to uh, not have people have their only judgment of the entire career field from their first base. Cause there's a lot of guys, you know, from my generation that they just hated the people that were at that base and they ended up getting out or doing whatever else because they're just like, I can't, I can't deal with this. If this is what it's like, you know, everywhere else, then I can't do it versus me, you know, Aaron and I stationed over in England. Our team was freaking awesome. We just like spent so much time together. We knew each other inside and out, like what they were doing. If you were in a bad mood, like always knew when Aaron was in a bad mood or um, whenever where any of the teammates didn't want to hang out or whatever, there was some, always something that uh, brought us back together and it, always going TDY and that kind of thing. It's just, uh, you know, if you base your entire career off of that one thing, then you might get led down the wrong path and end up doing something else that you are less suited for. So like you said, you check out the guard reserve unit and see what opportunities are out there. So last thing I got for you is, um, so there's a lot of guys obviously trying to come into the career field and getting ready and everything. What would be your best piece of advice for like, Hey, I'm shipping out in a couple months. What should I be doing? How should I, you know, how should I spend my time? What would you have uh, for advice for them, yeah, uh, just don't quit. Hey, it's uh, <laughs> you know that's what everyone's going to tell you when you're day, uh, bro. Yeah, when Easy you're day, just DMing. don't do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I get DM quite frequently about the same thing. Um, dudes are like, hey, I'm leaving this day, or uh, once I finish college, I'm going to go and be a crow, whatever. Uh, I usually say like, yeah, I really do say don't quit. I mean, like, obviously it's hard. Um, Sometimes it's that simple though. Yeah. Sometimes like it really is. Like you'd be you'd be surprised. Just make it through the event. Yeah. Just make it through the event. Don't make a don't make a decision based on emotion right now. Just give it a second. Yeah. It, I mean, I cry, I cry every now and then. It's okay. But, uh, <laughs> just cry it out, man. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so. Yeah, a don't quit and be like, stay humble, man. Like you, you got to throw your ego out the door for this stuff because you're going to meet a lot of other dudes that get it and a lot of other dudes that don't get it, and there's going to be ego thrown, you know, and from you and from other people, and you just got to keep that keep that down because the instructor is going to they're going to catch on that and it's going to be worse for you. So be a sponge, you know, be be open to whatever they have to say and own your mistakes. If you don't own your mistakes, you're you know you shouldn't be here because uh, everybody makes mistakes, and uh, as soon as you lie or you know make make a hole bigger than you can climb out of, then you're, you're screwed. Um, and that's what we're looking for is, is dudes that, you know, they, they just do the right thing and, uh, they do the fitness or whatever. You scurve when no one's looking. Of, uh, of course. Cheat. Of course. Yeah, cheat your push-ups when no one's looking. Oh man. Cheaters. I'm not going to tell you I didn't Are you, <laughs> do, ca- are you counting out loud because uh, you're around the corner, but not doing anything? <laughs> one, two, three, one, one, two, and then three. And you make eye contact. That's start it. him up again. Start him up again. Man, you look, you look like you're doing good push-ups for being 150 <laughs> deep into that set. Oh man. Well, yeah, because I've only done 20. Exactly. And yeah, look like, yeah, but, uh, definitely put in everything you can, um, but yeah, knowing knowing the right time is for that stuff, <laughs> obviously. But uh, no, like you got to go into it with an open mind, dude. Like, don't don't think that that's like you're too good for this or you're not good enough for this. Just just do it, dude. Because everybody else had to. So, I think that's my my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I think 
you know, your character is going to stand up to what, it, what it's going to stand up to. You're going to get thrown a bunch of stuff. You're going to get dudes that are going to be like, Hey, I've been doing this. I'm so awesome. I was a collegiate level, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, man, am I going to be able to make this? Cause these guys are like way more in shape than I was. I just remember that feeling. And it's like, man, I'm really in over my head here. I just, I didn't know what I was stepping into. And like, here we go. I'm just going to do it one, one, uh, you know, step at a time. And it's just like you said, it's as easy as that. Like, don't mm-hmm. quit and it's worth it um, at the end of the day. So, you know, figure it out one step at a time, one challenge at a time. Don't look at that whole entire pipeline like we were talking about earlier. And, you know, like you said, um, I really appreciate you coming in here and um, talking to us about this whole entire thing that you've been <laughs> through, this career evolution from, you know, yeah. showing up and hating your life over there down <laughs> down in New Mexico <laughs> to <laughs> now come sit and relax. I feel like that kind of just says who you are right now. Come sit and relax. You're a pretty <laughs> chill dude and you're like happy with where you're at. And, you know, it's good to see, especially with you giving back to the community and like being able to help out everyone else around there. So, you know, we really appreciate that. Um, and we'll definitely make sure we throw some links in there, you know, whatever kind of merch, obviously you got some ever evolving products and new stuff coming out all the time. So make sure you guys are checking them out over at come sit and relax on Instagram. And so just going from the top, you know, you're talking about the things that you went through as far as from in doc all the way until where you're at now and mm-hmm. just the evolution of you basically, you know, going through the pipeline and figuring out those, those failure points of, you know, one man, like you were talking about, or mm-hmm. the paramedic exam, that kind of stuff, and just overcoming those things. And I think, you know, your don't quit just exemplifies that you never did. And it is basically, you just roll with it. Whatever happens, happens and you fail. You're going to fail at some point. You're going to suck at some point at something. So, you know, keep on pressing through. And that's what makes a good um, operator or PJ because obviously you took it to that next level when you're going up for that COVID stuff and you were leading around docs and other people that were probably, like I said, you're herding cats because they don't know what's going on. Somebody just has to take that overall picture and grab the reins and be like, all right, I just need you to go here. I need you to go here, bring in whatever it is and then manage those assets. You know, crisis management, like we talked about was the bread and butter of being a PJ and just figuring out and problem solving, um, that's that's just what you got to do and that's what we're bred to do um from day one so i think that was super important um yeah and then that reserve option don't make that uh first judgment based off of just that first couple years you spend in the career field in any career field that you're at um especially in the military because it's harder to get out or get back in once you get completely out so you know try the reserve guard side and see what you like about it and see if that fits for you so any last part and shots Joey, Aaron? I mean, for me, not really. It seems like you nailed all of them in that uh, hasty review. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, I just Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. Um, yeah, loving where I'm at now and hope to see where it goes. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. I don't have anything else. Train hard, everybody. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you like, subscribe. And then, you know, if you can throw us a five-star rating over at Apple Podcast, we really appreciate it. Just helps boost people that are able to see the show and that kind of thing. So we really appreciate it. And thanks again to you guys or to Joey for coming on. We'll keep an eye out for your products. You know, make sure you guys are checking them out and we're going to follow them up closely. All right. You guys go out there, train hard, earn each breath, light up. Thanks a lot. See ya.